Hey y'all, welcome to the Dabbling in Disney podcast. I'm going to be your host, Haley Williamson, and I'm so excited to be able to do this. I recently moved down here to Florida and became an annual pass holder, so this podcast is going to be a way for me to take you guys along with my Disney adventures that I go on on Saturdays and kind of just showcasing how Disney changes from being a person that only goes maybe once a year or once every couple of years to being able to go every weekend. And honestly, I'm really excited about it. Um, I've got a couple of episodes here planned. And I think my friend Jason, who is studying to be an engineer to become a Disney Imagineer, um, he's going to be on the podcast um, in a later episode. So I'm super excited about that. So some of the things that I wanted to start off with was kind of my Disney background. Some of my favorite, what my favorite movie is, um, my favorite princess, my favorite ride, my favorite park, those kinds of things. So getting into that, my favorite park has always been Magic Kingdom. I absolutely love all of the princesses, just the vibes, the castle, the castle show, the fireworks show is absolutely amazing. However, Hollywood Studios is growing on me. I will say that Fantasmic is an absolutely amazing show and I just love all the themed worlds over there. My favorite Disney movie, that's gonna be Lilo and Stitch. Um, I've always told people that Stitch is my spirit animal and it still reigns true today. He <laughs> I absolutely love him. Um, if you haven't seen that movie, I definitely would recommend it. It always makes me laugh and then I'll cry at the end, but that's all right. Favorite Disney princess. I have two. I've never been able to choose one. Um, the first one is Belle. I've always kind of resonated with Belle because she was kind of the lonely outcast girl in her hometown that was outcasted for being a little different and being uh, weird and liking to read and immerse herself in stories. And that's kind of how I was when I was younger. I loved reading so much. All my friends thought I was weird because of it. So I loved Belle because of that. But I also really love Mulan. She's very strong, independent, and just her going off to battle uh, for her father and showing that amazing strength and courage and confidence is truly amazing. I absolutely love her as a Disney princess. It's really difficult to pinpoint my favorite ride um, as I haven't been to some of the parks in a couple of years like Animal Kingdom or Epcot. In Magic Kingdom by far right now my favorite ride is Tron Light Cycle Run. It is absolutely incredible. I know a lot of people have had some bad things to say about it, but it truly is an amazing ride. It is kind of too short, but it's so smooth and it's so fun and it just makes me giddy every time I ride it. I absolutely love it. So that's my favorite in Magic Kingdom, but Space Mountain is definitely uh, the runner-up for that one. Um, in Hollywood Studios, I'm going to have to give it to Rise of the Resistance. Um, I'm not a big Star Wars person. Never really been able to get into that field of everything. But just how it's gorgeous. Like the ride itself is absolutely gorgeous. The projections 
and the sets and everything are just incredible. There is nothing like it that I've ever seen. So it is absolutely amazing with um, my backup for that park is definitely going to be Rock and Roller Coaster. If you can't tell, I'm a, I'm a roller coaster person, that's for sure. All right. So let's go ahead and get into some of the main topics that we're going to talk and talk about today, which includes the steadily rising Disney crowds and talking about some recent problems that Disney's been having with Genie Plus and some common misconceptions that people make with Disney Genie. So let's get to it. All right. So Recently, um, I've been going into the parks pretty much every single Saturday. Um, the ones that I've been recently going into are Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom. And this currently the section between when kids go back to school in August to mid-October is generally what we know as the Disney off-season as kids are in school and parents aren't going to take their kids out of school to take them to Disney. So this is generally when your locals will come or the people who don't have kids are going to want to come. And so normally you'll see like less wait times. Now, especially in places like Magic Kingdom, you're still going to see some high wait times because it's the most popular park that Disney has. But it's normally not anywhere like you are seeing right now at Disney. I was there last Saturday in Magic Kingdom, and it was absolutely horrendous. Um, Every single thing in there had probably above a 70 to 80 minute wait. Even the princesses were upwards of 55 to 60 minutes, which normally you'll see them around. 25 30 maybe 45 minutes at most but never that much so that kind of just lets you know how busy magic kingdom was and if you actually go and look in the crowd calendars as we get closer to halloween of course it's going to get busier any holiday at disney is extremely busy but this is just kind of crazy to me like even during the weeks the waits are a lot and I'm a part of a Disney tips and tricks Facebook group and I've been seeing a lot of people up there complaining about the wait times and having to use Disney Genie Plus because they can't get on any rides like they would maybe be able to do like three or four rides at Magic Kingdom because the lines are way too long and it's it's kind of crazy um, but playing into that Going into Disney Genie Plus, um, Disney's had a lot of problems with that and their system these past couple of weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, I was trying to go to Hollywood Studios. Yeah, it was Hollywood Studios. Um, I was trying to follow along with Molly from Mammoth Club's idea and videos that she has of sleeping in and coming into the park later on in the day. Now, of course, are you really sleeping in if you have to wake up at 7 a.m. to book your first lightning lane? No. 
but at the same time generally it takes like 20 seconds you I'll set my alarm for like 658 so that gives me enough time to wake up be conscious and realize what I have to do I'll get on the app book my first lightning lane so like for Hollywood Studios it was slinky dog dash because that's the one that runs out the fastest um and then I just turn over and go back to sleep my other alarm is set for later in the day so that I'm up when that 120 minute rule comes into play and I'll leave about 11 30 ish to get to the park around one and come in with three different lightning lanes well two weeks ago I woke up to do my normal plan of getting up at 6.58 to book a lightning lane at 7 a.m. And I was trying to get Slinky Dog Dash because I hadn't ever been able to ride it. This was my first time in Hollywood Studios and um, since November of 2022. So I was trying to book that and I got in, got into the site. And as soon as I refreshed the screen and tried to book something, like I would hit book experience, the app crashed. Nothing was working, so I was checking my Wi-Fi. Um, I powered my phone off, turned that back on, logged out of my app, logged back in, got up, um, went and got my iPad that has the app downloaded on it and tried to use my iPad to see if it was just my phone nothing was working and I went on Facebook and saw that a lot of other people were having the same problems and after about 30 minutes it came back up and I was able to score a lightning lane for Slinky Dog thankfully um but it just stressed me out and after that I couldn't go back to sleep so it was it's kind of annoying um but this is not the first that we're hearing about this uh this is the first time that i experienced it and i hadn't really heard about it prior to that but now ever since that day um i've seen steadily more posts about people being upset with disney genie because they can't book lightning lanes and they're getting up at seven i think the other day i think maybe it was monday of this week people were complaining um because the app was down from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. So I don't know if it's all these people flocking to Disney Genie because I don't think Disney has a cap on Disney Genie Plus. Unlike other theme parks like Universal, Universal has Express Pass. It is infinitely more expensive than Genie. Um, but they cap it off at a certain amount of people per day that can have it as to keep the lines low and I'm pretty sure that Disney does Disney Genie doesn't have a cap on the amount of people that are able to buy it so when you have these increase in crowds and everybody's flocking to the same site at 7 a.m. it's bound to crash we saw it with Rise of the Resistance when that originally happened and people's devices were crashing um, but it wasn't even just the Disney Genie Plus Lightning Lane aspect of it. Now it's gone into dining reservations as many people are not able to book things like um, Ohana and different dining packages. 
it's it's become very difficult for people and um, a lot of the complaints that I've seen have been saying that Disney needs to come up with a better system um, more like Express Pass at Universal because their Universal trips are less stressful because they're buying Express Pass um, and they cap that off and you just go up to any line that you want so if you were like I want to go ride Velocicoaster I have Express Pass I'm going to go on the Express Pass line for Velocicoaster um, those lines are shorter because they cap it but at the same time, you're looking at two completely different systems, and that's kind of what I wanted to also get into. Um, looking at two completely different systems with, you know, Universal's Express Pass, it's upwards of $150 per person per day. Unless you're staying at one of their resorts, if you're staying at one of their resorts, then um, you get Express Pass for free. So a lot of people that um, have stayed at these resorts will tell you that the best thing, instead of trying to buy Express Pass for every day that you're there, that you need to go and buy, um, just stay at one of the resorts that's a little bit more expensive that includes Express Pass, like uh, the Hard Rock Hotel that they have. Um, but because of that high price, not many, as many people buy it. Disney has made Disney Genie Plus more affordable for people, which makes sense because I believe Disney tickets are a heck of a lot more expensive than Universal tickets, but I could be wrong on that one. I haven't bought a Universal ticket um, before, so I would not know about that. But just in looking at the two, um, with Disney making Genie Plus between the averages of 16 I think the highest that I've seen it recently in is $25. Between $16 and $25, um, depending on the park that you go into and how popular that park is. So, you know, Animal Kingdom is one of the lesser parks. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be like $16 to $18 that part whereas Magic Kingdom fluctuates between 20 to 25 as it's more popular that's not that big of a deal as a $150 express passes um, so more people are naturally gonna buy it because they want to skip the hour and something long lines right so because of this we're um, we're seeing more and more people buy the Disney passes and them not putting a cap on it makes it harder for people to get lightning lanes and book different things. Um, going into that, some common misconceptions with Genie that I've seen a lot of people have. A lot of people don't understand how to work Disney Genie. Um, not to mention they keep coming out with updates on it. It can be super confusing. Um, I'm going to do a podcast episode on that later on in a couple weeks um, after I've had more time to kind of gather everything that I think I'll need for that. But Disney Genie, if you don't research and you don't look into it and kind of figure everything out before you get to the park, can make your day very, very stressful. 
it is a complex thing. It's really simple once you know how to work it. But if you don't know how to work it, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to get whatever times you need. So um, if you're having trouble with that, I uh, would recommend listening to that podcast episode when it comes out. Or go watch Molly from Mammoth Club's video. She does, she has these like experiments. If you look at her like video image, um, what you'll see, she has these like scientist looking photos in front of every one of her, and one in front of like every single one of the parks. Um, and she does an experiment with, you know, is Genie Plus worth it to use in that park? Um, she also has a video where she just dives deep and like the whole time just talks about Disney Genie Plus and how it works. So that is a great resource. That is how I learned how to use Disney Genie Plus was through Molly's videos. So if you're struggling with that, I do definitely recommend listening and watching Molly from Mammoth Club. And Mammoth Club is a great YouTube channel anyways. They're my favorite. So go watch their videos and like and subscribe for them because they're awesome. Um, but back to common misconceptions. Um, one of the main ones that I have here is booking Tron or Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. So what a lot of people don't understand is priority booking. I've seen a lot of people miss out on Tron because they don't know what they're doing and what priority. I've seen people come in and they're just like, oh, I'm going to book my first lightning lane and then I'm going to try and book Tron. That's not how it works. Tron goes within 15 seconds, especially on a Saturday in Magic Kingdom when it's very, very busy. And as we're getting into these holiday seasons, it's only going to get busier, especially as we approach Christmas. So one of the main things that we're looking at here is knowing that you have to book Tron or Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at 7 a.m. That is your first priority. That means you go into the app and you select, you pre-select your party at like 6.58 a.m. So that when that timer hits, you're refreshing your screen. You're getting your boarding group. Um, because these two rides do not have a normal walk-in queue like all the other rides do. Um, the same thing goes... Actually, I don't know if there's any other rides right now that has that. Um, I'll get back to you on that one. But I do know for these two, they both go really fast because they're both the most popular in the park. And you can book these at 7 a.m. And then there's a second wave that comes through at 1 o'clock p.m. But for the 1 o'clock p.m., and I like really want to iterate this. For the 1 o'clock p.m., in order to get into the queue for that one and to even be considered, you have to be in that park. Park hopping does not start until 2 o'clock. So if you are trying to like do Animal Kingdom in the morning and then come to Epcot in the afternoon and you want to ride Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind um, 
you're not going to be able to do that because unless you booked it at like 7 a.m. that morning um, because you won't be in the park at 1 p.m. due to park hopping not being available till 2. Now, going into that, there are other ways to ride these rides. Um, not only um, these two, but Flight of Passage, um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and I'm pretty, and Guardians, not Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Um, those, I know for a fact, have individual lightning lanes, and so individual lightning lanes allow you to purchase a lightning lane for that specific ride. So, for example, with Tron, let's just say you didn't get a virtual queue, you're not coming back to Disney within like the next year, and you really want to ride Tron, but you didn't get in that virtual queue, you can pay $20 per person to get an individual lightning lane to ride Tron. And the same goes for any of those rides that I just listed. Now, I, for one, think paying for an individual lightning lane for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is the absolute dumbest thing a person could ever do. Um, that's just kind of my two cents on that. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is not my cup of tea. <laughs> I don't and I don't think the ride is really that fun. Like, it's a little cute little coaster for kids. But the line stays outrageously long, like always being over an hour. If it's under an hour and it's like 35, 45 minutes, heck yeah, ride it. It's cute. Like, it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Like, it's a cute little ride, but it's not worth the 80 to 95 minute wait. Uh, I would rather spend that in line for Space Mountain or doing something else that's actually a little bit more thrilling. Um, but that's just me personally as a adult. Um, another thing. For individual lightning lanes, you cannot buy that until 9 a.m. when the park opens. But you can if you were staying on Disney property. So if you're staying at one of the Disney resorts, you can buy that individual lightning lane at 7 a.m. Other than that, all other park guests have to wait until 9 a.m. to book your individual lightning lane. Um... You'll often hear me in the future refer to the individual lightning lane as a fancy ride. That's what uh, one of my favorite YouTubers refers to it as. Um, and I tend to forget that it's actually called an individual lightning lane. Um, so you'll hear me call it a fancy ride in the future. But overall, the system can be very, very confusing. But if you take the time learn it, ask questions, um, and just overall try and figure everything out before you get to the park. It'll make your day infinitely less stressful. So while I'm doing a Disney Genie Plus video later, or not video, podcast later on, I do kind of want to iterate for those of you who are going in like the coming weeks, um, what my priorities would be in Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom. Um, 
so starting with the easier one, Hollywood Studios, um, it has less rides. So if you have a kid that is a big Toy Story fan, you're going to want to book Slinky Dog Dash as your first lightning lane of the day. Now, there are no virtual queues in Hollywood Studios. Rise of Resistance used to have one, but now it's been there long enough that you don't have to have a virtual queue. Um, so there is that. Um, Slinky Dog Dash would be the number one there. Um, while you cannot purchase, or while there is no virtual queue any longer for Rise of the Resistance, there is Lightning Lane, but it's not normal Lightning Lane. It's a fancy ride, so you have to purchase um, that extra, like, 15 to 20 dollars to ride that if you want to use the lightning lane um however i will say using the lightning lane on that can kind of screw you up depending on how long the line is uh, mainly because rise of the resistance goes down quite often um it's a very technologically savvy ride so it also breaks a lot um, when I was there a couple weeks ago, the ride broke down twice while I was in line. When I jumped in line, the wait was 55 minutes. And when I got off, I had been in the line over 120 minutes. So keep that in mind. Um, on your second tier of importance, I would say if you have um, Big Tower of Ta Terror, fans um or you have somebody that really likes roller coasters i would go for a tower of terror or rock and roller coaster next and then if you've booked one of those you need to book the next one i would flip them and try and get you know if you rode tower of terror first do rock and roller coaster if you did rock and roller coaster first do tower of terror um i do not like elevator drop rides so i will not book tower of terror but for all of you thrill seekers out there um that little tips for you um and on my third tier i would say mickey minnie's runaway railway and toy story mania kind of goes along there on the fourth tier you have shows like muppet vision 3d um or if you have a really big star wars fan you know millennium falcon smugglers run um, that's the one where you get to be the pilot of that. I get really motion sick on stuff like that. So, um, Smuggler's Run and the Star Wars ride that I forget the name of it off the top of my head right now. Um, the other Star Wars ride, they tend to use screens and things like that. So it'll make me sick really easily. Um, so I don't ride those, but those would kind of be my on my fourth tier there um but maybe a little bit higher for you depending on if you're like a crazy star wars fan or something like that like don't get me wrong i i'm a crazy harry potter fan so <laughs> i feel you just not with star wars um but yeah that would be my fourth tier and then after that go go see some shows one of my favorite shows shows that they have in Hollywood Studios is 
the Beauty and the Beast live show. It's beautiful. Happens to be one of my favorite Disney movies. Um, it has one of my favorite Disney princesses in it. It's a great show. It's fun. It's enjoyable. I love it. Um, go watch that. And then at the end of the day, I cannot stress this enough to people. Um, oh, before that part, go see, go to the Frozen Ever After sing along or go see Indiana Jones. All the shows that they have in there are absolutely amazing. I would recommend all of them. The Indiana Jones show is so cool to see how they do the stunt work behind the scenes. Um, I love the Frozen sing-along. It is a seed. It's a nice place to cool off. And I love the Frozen soundtrack. So getting to like sing along um, and just be a little kid. Absolutely love that. So the final thing that I will say about Hollywood Studios Make sure you see Fantasmic at the end of the night. Generally, they have two shows. Um, but if there's only a 9 o'clock show, like they had the other week when I went, get there like try and get there like an hour early if possible so that you get a good seat because they start filling from the middle out. Um, so I walked in maybe like 20 minutes prior to showtime last time. I still had a good seat, but I was all the way to the left-hand side. Wasn't as good as sitting directly in the middle. So that's my little tip for that. Moving on to Magic Kingdom. First tier there is going to be Tron Light Cycle Run. If you want to ride Tron, that is your first priority at 7 a.m. The second priority that I would take advantage of is kind of... Um, one of the mountains so either big thunder or space um a lot of the times those are really popular rides so their lightning lanes will start going pretty fast um then on the third tier i'd kind of look at haunted mansion pirates of the caribbean uh, different rides like that maybe even peter pan if you're an avid peter pan lover I love that little ride. It's a cute little dark ride. I also think that that one, along with Seven Dwarfs, has an astronomically high weight for absolutely no reason. Um, but to each their own. Currently, Splash Mountain, as you all know, is not open anymore. It is being reconstructed into Tiana, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. I'm really excited about that. Um, I like Splash, Mo Splash Mountain enough, but I don't really like getting wet during the park day. So, um, wasn't really my favorite ride, but I'm excited to see what they do with Tiana. And I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna ride it when it opens. I'm really excited. But, after Mansion and Pirates, I would just kind of look at your, like, lower tiered rides. Or, if there's nothing good for the times that you want, like, you can always book, like, lower tiered stuff like it's a small world or one of my favorite cute little rides that they have um which is the many adventures of winnie the pooh um i love that ride it is so cute i love tigger and getting to bounce in the little cart with tigger um and then you have under the sea with the little mermaid that one is really, really fun, too. It's a good little filler attraction. And then, you know, of course, you have the shows. 
if you're going to be there in the coming weeks, I would take advantage of seeing Country Bear Jamboree as they're getting, as they announced in the D24 Expo, that they are about to refurbish that, make it in their eyes better. I don't really know how you can make it better. I love the Country Bear Jamboree. Um, but you have Country Bear Jamboree, Hall of Presidents, Mickey's Magic. They're all great shows. I, I love all of them. They're just great. And then, of course, you have your parades and castle show and everything of that nature. So, you pretty much can go and just have a fun day. A lot of people have said that Magic Kingdom is their most stressful day. And I think that's mainly because for people who go, who are from, like, other areas and are not from Florida um, and they can't go to the parks regularly I think it's because a lot of people try and cram Magic Kingdom into one day and I'm sorry but if you only have one day in Magic Kingdom you're not going to be able to see everything you're not going to be able to do everything it's just not feasible Magic Kingdom has so much to do with so many characters rides shows parades like they're shopping Main Street USA, the Dapper Dan's, food, dining experiences. You're never going to be able to do all of that in one park day, no matter if it opens at 9 and they extend it an hour later till it closes at 11. Um, it's not possible. So my advice there would either be go into it, with your list of like must-dos and then just do the must-dos and then if you get to do other stuff you know that's great but at least you won't be disappointed or book two magic kingdom days i would also recommend if you're going to animal kingdom half the animal kingdom day it is not a full day park um you could do that for half a day so if you wanted to get the park hopper option you could do like Magic Kingdom one day and then Hollywood Studios and then you could do Animal Kingdom in the morning and then park hop over to Magic Kingdom um, as Animal Kingdom also closes early. So you could park hop over into Magic Kingdom for the rest of your day. Disney Genie Plus does have the park hopper option where you can hop into two different parks. Alright y'all, so that is it for my episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I definitely enjoyed getting to talk about all things Disney and Genie Plus and kind of trying to clear up any misconceptions that you guys have about Disney and Disney Genie. Um, but if you guys have any further questions, I'm hoping to have a link very soon for you to leave comments. Um, it may go up on my youtube channel so if it does then you'll be able to leave comments about what you would like to hear in future episodes or different things like that i would love your input um and i'd love to hear you guys' stories about what happened with your park day and what could have benefited you better um but until next time thank you so much for listening um and i hope you come back and listen soon